Welcome to the Making Sense of Podcast. This is Daniel Douglas, your host, bringing strategies, tips, and interviews covering technology, photography, video, and all things multimedia. It It starts starts right right now. Who says you can't start a business in today's climate? Today, I'm proud to have on the show two dynamic guys who didn't listen to the cynics, drowned out all of negative noise, and overcame the obstacles of starting a business. I'm talking about the Cork brothers, Andrew and Mike. Their story is interestingly unique, so let's jump right in. Mike, Andrew, welcome to Making Sense of Multimedia. Daniel, thank you for having us. Hey, guys. I'm I'm really happy that you agreed to come on the show. I just thought your story was absolutely fascinating, so I wanted to share that with my audience, and hopefully we can make a good connection. Gotcha. Absolutely. Daniel, thank you so much for having us on today. Um, We're super excited to be talking about our journey here and uh, drowning out that outside noise. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Just so our audience will know who's talking, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let's start with you, Andrew. Yeah. So I am Andrew and I focus more on the social media and branding aspects of the business. And I'm Mike, and I focus on the content creation, the photography, and videography. Now, I left a little bit of mystery uh, in the beginning about you guys, and I called you the Cork Brothers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you're not really blood brothers. So tell us a little (laughs) bit of that backstory. Yeah, um, so the, the way we got the name, the Cork Bros, is because both of our last names have cork in it. So my last name is Cork Rum. And my last name is McCorkle. So we just decided to roll with that because it was very unique and it's worked very well for us. And people are always intrigued by it and always say, hey, you guys aren't real brothers. So it's a great like conversation starter. Mm-hmm. It's, I thought it was too. So <laughs> again, we kind of chuckled when we talked about it on the phone. So, yeah. <laughs> so Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Um, mm-hmm. You you're the mastery of social media. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's funny when I, uh, when we started the business, um, Mike always gives me a hard time because my social media was all private and he's like, dude, (laughs) we're doing social media. If we're going to grow, you're going to have to do a public account. (laughs) So, um, that's, that's really where it started. And just from there, um, you know, we always both of us talk about a thousand hours basically per year learning our industry. And so I just spent a lot of time on social media, learning about different trends, um, learning about um, what performs well and what do you put in the stories over the feed, um, different digital ads, things like that. And so I really handle all that for our brand and also for other brands as well. Were you trained in social media did you um, learn all of this on your own how did that come about yeah just all self-taught I uh, took some courses on it I really just started doing it and um, listened to Gary V a lot and derived a lot of what we do through the advice and wisdom of Gary V talking about consistently posting 
drowning out the outside noise, not worrying about what other people think, um, but just doing. Tell us who Gary V is. So Gary V is um, motivational speaker and a man. What would you? How would you describe Gary V? Mike? I mean, Gary V. He he does a lot of he does branding. He um, I, I'd say he's like a social media guru. He um, really delves deep into the different social platforms and how to get the most out of them. Mm-hmm. And then, especially when it comes to a uh, content creation, um, building your audiences, all those different things. Let's talk about content creation. Mike, you have the expertise in con- uh, concert, con- content creation. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, are you self-taught? Yeah, so I'm, I'm also self-taught. Um, Andrew and I, we identified a need for it. That We realized that that was what um, the business owners we were talking to, what you know they actually wanted from us as opposed to the other things that we were trying to sell them. And then, so once we identified that, we're like, you know, there's some real value here. And that's when I started to learn how to do photography and videography at a professional level, because, you know, there, there's a whole world of difference, um, you know, doing ca- uh, photography casually, whether even, even, even if it's with your phone or with a DSLR camera, or when you start to get professional and, you know, start to add a lot of different elements, artistic elements, um, marketing elements to it. That's true. And you guys did not start out this way. No, we did not. <laughs> we did not by any sense of the imagination. <laughs> no, no you, you started out as restaurant consultants. So yeah, what the heck was that all about? We're, we're still trying to figure that yeah. out ourselves. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't think we, I don't think we have a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically how we got started is we were playing in a basketball league together uh, at Lifetime Fitness. And we just started talking. And I had spent 10 years in the restaurant industry. And I was burnt out and I was done. And I was just driving for Uber by myself. And then Mike could tell you a little bit about his backstory and how we kind of came together. Yeah, so I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I went to uh, biz- I went to school specifically for that. So the school I went to has very strong business and entrepreneur focus. After that, um, went to West Africa, where my family's from, and was in Nigeria and Ghana, and tried to start my own business. Tried that for about a year and a half, and then um, that's when I came over here, and that's when Andrew and I met. And you know, we were friends for about a year and a half before we even said anything about doing business together Uh, and we tried to take my like you know business experience and andrew's experience in the restaurant industry and morph them together and become restaurant consultants partly because we thought it would sound cool and you know people would respect (laughs) us more exactly if if that's what we said our profession was and um i mean we tried that for 12 whole months we made 244 dollars over that time frame and it was it was just a travesty. So and that's you, what. So you guys got rich then, two hundred forty four dollars. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean the money just was coming in. Yeah, you know, we that's... we are your typical overnight success <laughs> yeah, business. You know, we just snapped our for fingers. Us to split. <laughs> <laughs> so so Mike, you were the you had the the business mindset, if you will, about all of this, and you started talking to Andrew about getting into business. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, we're having a conversation and then it's it, so it started as just a project. It all started as one project. Uh, one of my friends, his uh, 
his cousin owns a bar in San Francisco and they had just fired their GM and they wanted, you know, some strategy help. So he was, he was just telling me about that casually. And then Andrew and I were talking like right after that conversation, I brought it up to him and I was like, you, you've been in this industry, you know, your way around. Could you like offer help to, you know, a bar or a restaurant and, you know, really help them out. And then I was like, you know, if you can, maybe we should hit them up and they'll fly us out. It'll be a free trip to San Francisco. We'll have some fun, um, you know, hopefully help them out and, you know, just keep it moving. And so that's where it all started. We didn't even think initially that we're, this is going to be a continuous business. We just kind of wanted to see if we could, you know, do this one project, get to San Francisco, have some fun for a few days there and come back. But um, in order to get the people to trust us to do that, the owners of the bar to trust us to come out there, they wanted to see some more, some more work from us. They wanted to see, you know, a little portfolio. So that's when we started going to different businesses locally. We're like, oh, we'll do it to a couple of businesses here. They'll fly us out. They'll be good. We never actually ended up going to San Francisco, no. but we kept the business going for 12 months, you know, on that kind of speed until we, uh, until we severely pivoted away from that. Andrew, what did you, what was your background in the restaurant industry? Yes. So I started uh, managing restaurants at 18 and I started opening restaurants at 21. So it was more so than being like a server, a cook, it was a lot of management and learning the strategies of opening businesses and um, running the back end, dealing with P&Ls and managing a team and different things like that. Okay. So all of that led you guys to try this whole restaurant consulting thing, but it, yeah. but it failed. What, what happened with that? Why did it fail? I mean, no, no one was interested in paying money um, or even having us really come and do it for free. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no one was interested at all. Like we went, we, yeah. ta- how many restaurants do you think we talked to? Man, hundreds. Yeah. We talked, I think hundreds. there was a po- point where like, we've definitely talked to over 300 restaurants and this wasn't even at the end of that year Yeah. Um, in the greater Atlanta area. So, I mean, the writing was on the wall. Like no one wanted this service from us. And, the th- and, it, and it made sense because we weren't restaurant consultants. Like, yeah, we didn't have the skills to offer value to the people here. Yeah. Let's talk about your rebound. You did this for 12 months. Yeah. You failed. Miserably. Miserably. I've been there. <laughs> been there. Right there with you. Yeah. But you had the, the foresight, the sense, the drive to say, okay, we failed at one thing but we're not, we're going to keep going. So how did you rebound? What was your motivation to start? I'm assuming the Corp brothers was the, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? The, the afterthought of the restaurant consulting business. Yep. Yeah. I think it really was. We just, we started creating content for businesses after those 12 months. We're like, okay, Mike, we need to get, talk to these restaurant owners. So let's figure out how to get in with them. Oh, social media is big. And what do you need for social media? You need content. And so we're like, all right, let's figure out how to do food photography. And so we just reached out to a bunch of businesses via social media and said, hey, to build our portfolio, we'd like to come in and do free photo shoot for you. You can keep all the content. We're just trying to build our portfolio. And, and, and you did all of this in the metro Atlanta area, correct? Correct. Okay. And then from there, Mike, I got to tell you, 
a little bit about uh, how we started doing the photography. Yeah, so we uh, we uh, we you know we reached out to these businesses. We had these photo shoots scheduled, and so we had a DSLR camera. Right. Neither. Let end- me let me stop you right there for a second. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me stop you right there. I'm a photographer. Yeah. yeah, I'm a professional photographer. And when I read your bios, your bio, Mike said, you didn't know jack about photography. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But the two of you put your heads together and said, hey, listen, there's a need for social media. What do they need in social media? They need photograph. Uh, they need photographs. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. But you, you guys also do uh, video uh, creation as well. Yeah. So, Mike, you've only been shooting now since what, 2019? Yeah. Yeah, since 2019. Yeah. And and I've seen your work. And it's it's really good for somebody who didn't know Jack about it. Appreciate that. So, yeah. so go I ahead. I mean, the thing about Mike's content is that he really didn't know anything. <laughs> like he, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying he like took photo classes or he did photography school, stuff like that. He knew nothing <laughs> about it. And, but the crazy thing is Mike spent well over 2000 hours just learning it and trying it and learning it and trying it and refining and redoing it. I don't, Mike doesn't get enough credit for the amount of, effort and time he put into just really honing his craft and that's really incredible and that's what we want to talk about right now on on the side of mike with with the photography even though this particular segment is about digital content creation yeah and that encompasses everything that i'm trying to do here with making sense of and Mm -hmm. that's called multimedia which includes uh photography and videography services as well Mm -hmm. so I think, Mike, your story, as far as that side of it goes, would be really inspiring to people who are listening and saying, listen, I need to do something new. And we, we're going to talk about a little bit something else about that uh, in a minute. But, yeah, no, I uh, I appreciate the recognition from both of you guys. Um, and, yeah, I mean, when, when we say didn't know anything, like we had a DSLR camera we bring to the shoots. I didn't even know what I didn't know what ISO was. I didn't know what uh, aperture was. I didn't know how shutter speed affected anything. I didn't even know how to change the values of it. Like, I didn't even know how to work the camera at all. Um, so we went to these shoots, and we were shooting. Like, we had the camera there, and we would, you know, click it so it would make the noise when the restaurant owner walked past us. But we're actually using the phone because, you know, the phone corrects a lot of those different, um, like, uh gaps in your knowledge on how to actually take a photo so we're using the phone and you know we're getting decent photos there i mean nothing professional quality um and that's how that's how it started and so like the jump from doing that to like doing what we do now where we're involving lights where you know like i haven't shot an a photo on the automatic setting of the camera since you know the 2019 in those beginning days but um the the way that jump happened was just seeing like other people's stuff, seeing what other people could do with a camera and um, what they could do with photography. And then just trying to emulate that, trying to figure out what are they doing differently? What are those individual skills and techniques that they're doing? Because when it comes to a lot of different things and a lot of different skills, especially with art, it's very nuanced. So you can know a technique, but to make an actual 
great image, it's multiple techniques. And sometimes a lot of those techniques mold into each other. So like when I first started, I would learn, you know, individual techniques and I try to replicate them and, um, you know, do it a few times until it became really comfortable and I put in my tool belt and then I would learn more. And then eventually I got to a point where like I was combining techniques uh, almost subconsciously just because, you know, you're, you're very comfortable with them at that point. So, I mean, where the knowledge came from, a lot of it was YouTube. That was, I'd say, probably where 80% of it came from, just watching different channels of people who knew what they were doing. And then, um, but a lot of it also was just going out and doing, like, I do not even know how many photos I've taken in the past year and a half. <laughs> um, like, there are so many SD cards full of photos, so many deleted photos just to make more room for photos. That um, I, think, I think that's the biggest thing, just thinking how many photos I've taken, how many photos I've edited, how many shots and scenes I've mentally framed even before I took a photo that just adds to a lot of, um, you know, that skill level and experience. Mike, how many hours would you say you spent just trying to learn photography uh, to help the business? I'd say consistently probably like five to six days a week. Um, it was probably a minimum of four hours of, and then a lot, a lot of days it was more than that, where over the course of a year and a half to whether it was, you know, on YouTube, whether it was actually editing things, trying new things, um, taking photos. So I, I mean, I, let me do the math and see where, where that goes. But like, let's say an average of like, you know, five to six hours a day. Yeah. It's like 20, 2400 hours or something. Okay. So Andrew, I'm going to jump back over to you. I don't want to leave you out of the conversation. Oh, no, I love talking about Mike, man. <laughs> you know, it's cool to work alongside someone like Mike because I'll watch a YouTube video on something. And I'll be like, yo, Mike, can you tell me what this video is saying? Because <laughs> he just, it really is. He could watch a video and then the next photo shoot, we've upped our game like tenfold. So yeah, I love and, talking and, about Mike. And, and, but, but let's let's be realistic now. You know, on your side, you you guys partnered together. Two heads are always better than one. You have an expertise that Mike doesn't have, and Mike has an, an expertise that you don't have. And you guys kind of said that you came together to fill a need for content creation and social media management with a local flavor. And I'm a, I assume that local flavor was uh, in the ATL. And to do that with social media, because social media is, is so important now, whether, you know, some people like it or not. So, yeah. Andrew, kicking back to you, talk about that social media side and that local flavor uh, that you guys mentioned. Yeah, I mean... I think it's so important. And I think 2020 really proved that if you don't have social media, your business is not going to um, thrive because, you know, when COVID came, people learned a lot about businesses through reviews and social media are the two big things that people go to when they're going to make a buying decision or where they're going to go eat or buy a product, whatever it may be. And so um, I was like, man, this social media thing is crazy. You could really influence a lot of people and you could really build a brand on social media. 
And so, you know, I just, I started learning what are the different trends. I started learning about hashtags. I started learning about posting times. I started learning about, okay, what makes a successful social media page? You know, that's education, entertaining, um, and then providing value to your followers. It's not, hey, look at me. I'm this workout warrior. Tell me I'm so good looking. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's providing value. And that's really how you build a page. And so I was like, okay, Mike is really stepping up his photography game. Let me create things where we can put him in different situations to get different kinds of shots. So I did a lot of reaching out through social media to different businesses to set up to set up shoots to get different clients and um, things like that. So give us three of your top tips. If someone is listening like myself, yeah, uh, that wants to know more about utilizing social media to get their own brand out there and to help uh, people that they are approaching. Uh, to work their brand, give your three top tips uh, for someone and and make one of them. How did you do the research? Yeah. Okay. So tip number one, and it's the biggest thing is consistently post. And when I say that, I don't mean, yeah, make sure you post every week. Um, We started this new Instagram account last um, August and we have 403 posts. We have not missed a day, or if we have missed a day, we doubled up on a different day. So consistently post and then provide value. So it used to be you had to pay to get information from someone who knew something. But what social media has done is that if you're not providing value of your expertise, whether that's through infographics, short videos of you talking about what you're good at, or photos, and then a great caption, um, you know, your page won't sustain a growth mechanism that can work for your brand. So consistency, um, providing value. And then the third one is that education. So go to your industry, say you're a lawyer, search the lawyer hashtag and look at the top posts of lawyers and see what are they doing to provide value and how are they building their page and just replicate that. So many people want to do something so outside the box that no one else is doing that they just don't ever start, you know? So see what someone in your field is doing because every brand has something on social media now that you could, or every industry, and you could figure out what content to post from other people in your industry and figure out how to do that unique to your own brand or business or personality. Okay. So Mike, I'm going to kick the same thing over to you. Your top three tips on let's say photography as a marketing tool. And before you answer that, one of the things uh, that you both of you guys said was that uh, you wanted to create content that just wasn't pretty because you felt as though that was useless. So speak on that and give your top three tips on that. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think one huge thing, especially if we're talking about brands is um, similar to what Andrew was saying was consistency, but here you want a consistency in the look 
a consistency in the color palette and the um and the textures and the tones you want for someone to see your post and not even have seen um your actual like handle on social media but to know it came from you whether it's subconsciously or just overtly so a consistency in your look and feel is very important because if you're posting a lot of content you want it to kind of connect in people's minds um for your brands and your different products or your services to connect in their minds as soon as they see it. Uh, another thing, so that's the, that's the first one is the consistency of the look and feel. The next one I would say is even before you create the content to know why you're creating the content. So don't just snap pretty photos because, you know, this looks great, but know like either what the caption is going to be or what promotion you're going to do with this and then snap your content with your actual like social media post in mind, because then you're going to, a lot of times, like when Andrew and I do that, we'll create a shot list and we'll know the captions or we'll know what kind of promotions we want to do with this uh, photo shoot. It makes it so much quicker for you to get through your shots. And it makes it so that when you are, when you go to post, you don't have to like make up a story for a photo just because, you know, it's pretty and you want to post it. You already know why you have the photo. So I think th- those are the top two ones. And then, uh, and then another one for it, a social media for marketing. Um, so I think with, uh, with, with content itself, photos, I mean, are great for social media, but you need to have videos and not just, and you need to have videos as like your heavy hitters. Those are like your home run ones. So your, so, so your photos are like getting you, you know, those singles during the baseball game. But your videos are like where you put your ad money for your um, when you're trying to you know actually spend money to to make ads and stuff, or if you just want to really get people's attention. So I think you know making sure you're creating videos and engaging videos is hugely important. So before we wrap this up, because I think you guys have a, a shoot later on today. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We got our mini series uncorked. We're starting season two of that. Yep. Uncorked. Mm-hmm. Uncorked. 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 We play off that cork a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you've noticed. <laughs> you want to talk real quick about that mini series? This is something new to me. Yeah. So season one was more event filled, uh, bringing influencers into breweries and restaurants and um, food trucks to get to build brand exposure for the different restaurants and breweries and also to um, create content for the influencers. Yep. That's um, that's unique and a little bit more production value than the content they currently have. Exactly. And, and season, and, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, uh, is uh, the uncorked series uh, available for the public to watch? Yes, it is on YouTube. Okay. So, at the end of this broadcast, we will have in the show notes uh, things where you can look at the Cork Brothers uh, information. So before we get out of here, because I know we're kind of running out of time, the one last thing I wanted to bring up was about video. When you started, uh, you really was looking just at the photography side. When did you start getting into uh, the, the video aspect of it? We, we shot our first video April of last year, and that was for a Mexican restaurant uh, right before Cinco de Mayo. So it was, uh, it, was, it was an ad leading up to Cinco de Mayo to get people to come in for it. And the reason we got into that is because we were doing photos for about a two to three months at that point. 
but we still aren't getting paid for it. And we're like, you know, people, businesses aren't really trying to pay for good photos because they feel like, you know, now with these new iPhones and Samsungs and all these different things, they can get decent photos, which a lot of times they don't get decent photos, but they feel like they can get decent photos. So they don't need to pay for it. So video was like our next pivot to be like, all right, let's do something that you can't really argue with on whether you should pay for it or not. So we shot that first video for Cinco de Mayo and we told the people we're like, yo, we'll run an ad for it. We'll, you know, let's put some money behind it and all these different things. And so they, you know, we did it. And that Cinco de Mayo was on a Sunday. The two Cinco de Mayo's before were Friday and Saturday. And they had more, they had more people come in. They had more revenue that day than they had on the previous two, two Cinco de Mayo's, which you know, you wouldn't expect it to be like that because people are ready to go and drink their margaritas more on a Friday or Saturday. And then all the other Mexican restaurants around them would call in because they're dead. Like no one was coming in. Everyone came into the restaurant that we worked with and ran that ad for. And that's what kind of like was the uh, launch pad for us to be like, okay, videos work. They provide value. It's very clear to see. And also people will pay for it. One last question. The Metro Atlanta area. How has that worked out for you guys, business-wise? Metro Atlanta um, has actually been, I don't know, this is a tough one, Mike, because we found a lot of success here through, you know, even in places like Alpharetta, Roswell, um, in the Atlanta area as well. And it's, it really is a thriving community here. So it's done well for us. We found um, success from some national brands more so than here in Metro Atlanta. What are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, so there's some, there's some people we work with that are local here. But I think in terms of growth for the Cork Bros, we're going to continue to do a lot of local work here in the Metro Atlanta area. And we're really passionate about doing stuff with the community here. But just the way that marketing is, is, you know, the bigger budgets are on the national stage. So companies that aren't on the national stage will naturally have smaller budgets. And, you know, that kind of limits what we can do for them. In closing, is there anything either of you want to add? The thing I could leave in closing is that 2020 really did not um, build character. It really revealed it. And the reason I say that is a lot of people could have used this year to really build their side hustle or to build every, their dream that they've been thinking of. And I would encourage people, you know, we still have four months left in this year to really go out there and pursue, pursue whatever dream it is you've been putting on the back burner. And uh, social media can provide a lot of value to whatever it is you're trying to build. So just start, just start. Yeah, I would say for me, and one of the biggest things I'm passionate about is learning and growing. And I feel like so many people think that they're stuck. And Danny, you kind of talked about this earlier. So many people think that they can't grow or, you know, get that skill that they need. But one of the most fulfilling things in my life, and the reason the last few years have been the most fulfilling years of my life, is because I'm learning and growing. And every few months, I can look back at myself and be like, I'm more skilled than I was before because of the work I've put in. And I think for a lot of people, even if it's not necessarily creating a skill for your career, 
but learning and creating a skill for a hobby, for a passion, for any of those things could bring a lot of fulfillment to your life that might be missing. Guys, it's been a real pleasure and a treat uh, talking to you both. We'll have links to all of your information in the show notes, but just for those listening, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can find us on social media at The Cork Bros, T-H-E-C-O-R-K-B-R-O-S, The Cork Bros, or you could go to our website, corkbrosstudios.com. So how we say it is, we are The Cork Bros, founders of Cork Bros Studios. And so those are the two best ways to get in contact with us. Our emails, phone numbers, and all that will be on those different platforms. I can't thank you guys enough for coming on the show and agreeing to it. I hope you check out Andrew and Mike, the Cork Bros. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave us a message on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcatcher. You can also leave us a message about this episode or suggest new content. Go to speakpipe.com forward slash making sense of and record your message. I'll catch you next time.